This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd. This is episode 382. My name is Dan and I'm joined by a singular co-host this evening. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's me, Taylor. <laughs> Ryan uh, fucked up again. Oh, <laughs> Probably off trimming his mustache or something. Yeah, I don't know why he takes, like, what is even with that thing? That <laughs> disgusting caterpillar that crawls on his lip. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a Afghan dog just laying across his top lip. Yeah. Split in the middle. Like, I don't know. But Afghan dogs at least have their hair looking nice. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like Ryan's mustache. Uh, Thank you, Dan. Oh, so, shit. I blew it. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Duffy is with me this evening. Uh, Taylor is unable to join us. He's doing things in Italy, uh, trying to set up his residence and internet and all of that kind of shit. And... It's just taking longer than he anticipated, and he's having troubles with yeah. mobile phone and yeah, just well, just basically settling in and running into roadblocks. Apparently, with the Italian culture, when they're a little laid back, it's like, oh, we'll get your internet. Like, when do you want it? Like, <laughs> oh, you meant this year? <laughs> well, shit, that we might actually have to like get off our asses and do that. Then I guess. Well, you know, you're not going to be able to read all of the news right now. Anyway, it's going to be That's building true. up. It will have a large portion of things for you to look at the later that that was a really terrible italian accent that was i know i thought about trying one and i'm like no nope, i'll just that, make it even worse we'll, we'll seemed, seem like very anti-italian and we, that's that was, been a bad part of our culture that was that was like slipping in some swedish with italian <laughs> swedish for some reason. i don't know i'm tired <laughs> it's been a long fucking uh, week already and it's only wednesday yeah yeah uh so we know taylor's not here hopefully he'll be able to join us next week uh we and he may have been able to join us for this week's recording had i not completely blown it off because i'm way too busy and shit has fallen through the cracks we were supposed to record on monday but i i I sat here for like 10 minutes going did we change our or google hangout <laughs> call in or what well no it's just well i'm sure regular listeners of the show know that we change our recording days according to ryan's schedule because his schedule shifts and stuff so we had been recording on wednesdays we're going to shift to monday and i completely fucking forgot because it was the juneteenth holiday observance on monday and we had my my grandchild over here visiting uh watching her for the day and i I just it didn't wasn't even a thought in my head at all like i just i had my phone sitting i think up in my office and i was just playing with my grandbaby all day and it was a lot of fun and then like that that's kind of what i figured that's why i was like i bet i saw the video earlier i'm like i bet dan's just you forgot (laughs) 
because <laughs> it happens all the time when we have to change. Yeah, like Danica shows up. My my daughter shows up, picks up uh, Lily. You know, shows up to pick up Lily, her daughter, and you know we chit chat for a little bit, say our goodbyes, and she leaves. I go up into my office, pick up my phone. I was like, oh shit, I totally <laughs> fucked this. Yeah, so I felt bad. Sorry. Sorry, Taylor. Oh, you're good. Who's not here? Sorry, Ryan. Who is here? I Sorry, Ryan, listeners. I think Taylor forgot too because Taylor's first response is, "We're recording today." <laughs> oh, was it? Like I just, yeah. I just saw a bunch of, I saw a bunch of texts, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And then I started reading through, them, just kind of scanning through, and then you get to the bottom, was like, "Oh fuck me, damn it! I totally <laughs> forgot." Yeah, Taylor forgot to. Oh, okay. Well, then I don't feel quite so bad. <laughs> and luckily, I, I took this week off of work because I needed to take some time off. And, well, good. Uh, I had today off, so good I'm not at you. work. Good for you. Good on you. My boss took last week off, and she's one of the best bosses around. And when she's not around, shit just starts falling apart. <laughs> she's She's one of the central... She's the hub around which all of the spokes are arranged. And when she's not here, they all just start splintering and going off in their own direction. I don't know. It's like people lose their goddamn minds when there's not somebody who just checks in on them periodically like, hey, what you doing? Last time we talked, this was going on. You were going to do this. What else is new? Because this week. has not been good. No. <laughs> no. No. Some of the meetings that we're having, it's just like. Did, did everybody lose their fucking minds in like in a week? Like the world went to shit. It's like, it's like the apocalypse happened while she was gone and nobody it's like, it's like these people we get in a meeting and it's like, they've never been in a meeting like we're having when it's a weekly occurrence. They miss one week and it's like, Oh shit. I didn't know what we're supposed to do in here. <laughs> That's really frustrating. Um, but so you, you took the week off because you needed some time off. What have you been doing in your time off? Making bowls. Oh yeah. Yeah. 420 bowls. No, oh. I'm delayed. I made, I made a, I made four large cherry, uh, like trays and I had the idea. I'm like, these are big enough. They're 12 inches. Uh, I bought some slabs of cherry wood. Mm -hmm. Cause I can buy a slab of cherry wood for about 120 bucks. Mm -hmm. And I got six blanks out of it. Six 12 by 12 blanks out of that one slab. Oh, nice. Now, if I were just to buy a bowl blank of cherry wood, that would cost me about 60 bucks. Hmm. So I made my own blanks to turn on the lathe. So you say 12 by 12, how that's, that's two dimensions in a three dimensional space. How thick well, 12 is inches by 12 inches by about four inches deep. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, I gotcha. So, and you just been so making three, bowls. It's three board. It's about, no, it's about four board feet. Four board feet. What is it? What yeah. is a board foot? A board foot is one foot by one foot by one inch. Okay. Oh, a board foot. Hey, I did not know this. So, that's the place I go to buy hard my lumber from. That's how they sell us by the board foot. So if you want to know how much a piece of wood's going to cost you, you better measure it and do the math before you go to the checkout and like, oh, fuck, that was expensive. Uh-huh. Like I've done before. Get hit with an expensive <laughs> price tag and you're like, oh, like, uh, I thought that was that in my head. That looked like maybe $300 <laughs> worth of wood. 
Actually, can I thousand? Can I put oh. some of this back on the shelf? Uh, maybe uh, come back and get it another time. No, I just leave and go. That was more than I planned on spending. <laughs> better, better make some shit quick. <laughs> yeah. So you're making a lot of bowls. I saw, I saw one that was like a wolf, and then one with like a tree design yeah, in it. Yeah, I did one with the tree. So I, I did one with the the wolf in it. I did one with like a Viking bear. I did one with uh, the, yeah, the Celtic tree knot mm. and I did one with um, uh, a mandala type design, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you know what those are. They're kind of like, it's a repeating patterns that are really intricate. Yeah. I was going to say, don't they do like some, isn't it? It's, it's very symmetrical also, right? Like it's yes, yeah, okay. very symmetrical, very intricate designs. And I did one of those on, uh, inside of one of them as well. Oh, nice. They, they turned out pretty good. I'm just trying to build like an inventory of stuff. So hopefully I can hit one of these like winter markets. I might also just put some of this stuff up for sale on my website. Cause I did start building a page where I can actually advertise some of these pieces for sale. And I just got to be better at like marketing myself, I guess, which I'm fucking horrible at. Oh, you fancy, huh? Yeah, I I think it might just be part of being um, a Gen Xer. But like most people that are in my age group are, we're all terrible at marketing ourselves. Like we don't like to talk about ourselves a whole lot. It's. I don't know. See, I think I've got that Gen X crossover because I'm actually a millennial, but I'm like the oldest millennial you can be. Yeah. You're, you're on the cusp. I'm on the cusp because I'm, I'm that generation that we didn't have the internet growing up, but we got it right there at the end. Like I had internet in high school. I didn't grow up with the internet. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't either. We had, we barely had computers in high school. Like I, I learned to type on like an old, it was an electric typewriter that was fancy. Like it had, you could enter uh, a whole line of text. And then if you hit enter, it would type out this whole line of text <laughs> so that you could go and like, it would, it would give you like, like a little check your shit. one line, uh, one line pixelated view of what you mm-hmm. had typed in. So you could backspace and you could correct and then hit enter and it would just type all of that out. And of course they didn't like us to do that. The whole point was to learn how to type without like fixing a bunch of stuff, but well, that's how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. And computers came around. I think we had like the, some of the original Macintosh uh, computers when they were first out when I was in high school. Uh, Yeah. We didn't, we didn't have much of anything. And then the internet didn't come around until couple of years later, a few well, years later. Or commercially, because the internet was around in the 80s, just not oh, yeah, commercially yeah. like it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What else is new? I've, I've just had a, a I'm, I'm proud of my very productive day I had today. Oh, that's right. We talked about that before and we were going to talk about. Yeah. So what was your very productive day today? So I woke up. So I had those, those four blanks I had turned yesterday uh-huh. and I had to seal them. So I got all four of those sealed. 
uh, with finishing the outsides of them. I finished laying down paver stones on the side of the house and weed barrier for part of our zero scaping. Then I cleaned out all of the window wells of all the icky black widow spiders hates and the stuff that's blown into them over the last year because <laughs> the fucking chickens love to fucking hide in them now from the dogs for some fucking reason. So we're going to get some covers for them. Wait. I had to clean them all out first. Got the, all those cleaned out. Do you have chickens? I did all of this. No, our, all of our neighbors have chickens and they've been getting oh. into our yard oh. and the dogs have been chasing them into the window wells. <laughs> so every once in a while, Sarah will go out in the backyard and Oz and Lulu will be looking down into the window well at a chicken scared shitless. <laughs> chicken That's shit. That's minus the chicken that got into the house. You got chickens in your house now? I had, I was sitting here downstairs uh-huh. Sarah was up in her office uh-huh. and all of a sudden I hear a loud commotion of Oz and Lulu running through the house I'm like what the fuck is going on up there <laughs> so I open my door to go out to see what's happening and a fucking chicken flies down the stairs and lands on my bar I was like <laughs> oh what do I do what the hell is going on in here yeah and Lulu was in tow right behind the fucking chicken <laughs> down the stairs and I'm like huh <laughs> I better take care of this quick or we're going to have a chicken dinner tonight and the neighbor's going to be asking where we got that. <laughs> uh, that's kind of funny. Like, do you, have you, have you mentioned to your neighbors that maybe they should keep better track of their chickens? So one, the one guy, which is, he's really good. Usually he, he's got a really good coop set up and the kids are, they always feed him. They take care of them really well, but one got out. Hmm. And Sarah only knew it was their chicken because she set it down and watched which direction it flew. <laughs> the other one are our shitty neighbors uh-huh. who don't have a coop and their chickens fucking roam the neighborhood. Uh, that would be... And they don't care. That would be a problem for me. I mean, I've, I've, I've been in the garage where I've a chicken just comes in there, jumps on my fucking workbench. I'm like, hello? <laughs> I'm working here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would not be happy about that. But, but I was happy. I got all that shit done today before ten a.m. Wow! I know. That's awesome. What time did they you give me enough time to? I got up at like seven. Yeah. Went out in the garage at started around eight, so it didn't take me long to do all that shit. I'm quick, well. multitasking while. While one bull's doing a thing and the, the stuff's got to dry for like 10 minutes, I went and laid some paver stones, kept going back and forth between the garage and laying pavers and putting finish and cleaning it off and buffing it and put a new one on. Yeah. Nice. And then I, t- then I took a nap. <laughs> I, I could go for a nap myself. I am very tired. It's just been a really long, well, last week was really long. This week is really long. I, I'm just... I don't know. I I feel like I'm not getting anything done. Like I'm working my ass off and nothing is getting done. Like I just, I'm not feeling very productive because I'm just rushing from one thing to the next. And I don't feel like I thinking and you're bailing it out with the sieve. Yeah. Yeah. Basically like I'm just, I'm just kind of treading water. I feel like nothing. I'm not, I'm not being able to do anything to the best of my ability because I just don't have the fucking bandwidth to do it. You know? It, yeah, which is just frustrating and tiring, wearing, taxing. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just beat. I, I could, I could really go for a nap. But 
it's not going to happen today because I have too much stuff to do. <laughs> uh, oh, go ahead. So don't worry. I think I'm at, uh, at the driver's wheel for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can, um, what are we, what are we going to be talking about tonight, Ryan? Uh, well, like we, like I said, last episode, we're going to get some stuff about, about guns together oh. and the way my brain works. Um, this is going to be a multi-part episode laid out in different steps. Okay. So we're going to start our conversation on guns in America. Oh, well, that should be, uh, fun. Hopefully informative. <laughs> yeah. You've, you've put in a lot of work. There's, there's a lot of text here. Uh, thank yeah, you very much. Before for I knew it, I had seven pages written for this episode. I was like, Oh shit, this might be a little long, but we're going to get through it. <laughs> we can always break it out into more than one episode. All right, cool. Uh, well, we will start talking about that when we get back from this little break. This is Steve Kuno, author of the new book, Behind the Mormon Curtain, Selling Sex in America's Holy City. It's the result of three years of interviews with sexual service providers in the Salt Lake City area. And yes, the vast majority of their clients are practicing Mormons. It's available through bookstores, on Amazon, or go to my website, stevekuno.com. Kuno is spelled C-U-N-O. Don't satisfy yourself with buying just one copy. Oh, and by the way, you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for this bounty and for, for this food. We, we pray that you continue to show us uh, the guiding light through love and compassion. Blessings on the coffee, blessings on this delicious, sweet potato soup that is almost too spicy for me, but not in a hot way. It's almost Middle Eastern Moroccan. We honor and pray for you. and Well, we, we don't pray for you. We pray to you. And God, look, God impressed down upon us your, uh, from your lips to, our, to us. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. That was a great grace. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. Welcome back, everybody. So, as we mentioned before we went to the break, Ryan has done a lot of work on this, uh, typed up all kinds of information for us. Uh, what, do you, what, what's, what do you got for us, Ryan? Show me what you got. Well... First, I want to start this whole thing with a little bit of a disclaimer. I am a gun owner, <gasps> and I do own some of the firearms we <gasps> will be talking about throughout this whole series. Oh, no. I know. Um, but I grew up going shooting at the shooting with my father, and uh, I took part in trap shooting leagues when I was a kid. And I probably have more firearm training than the average 12-year-old did when I was 12. <laughs> um, I would argue that I probably had more training at 12 than one of these boogaloo weekend warriors do in their thirties. <laughs> uh-huh. Not probably. saying I am proficient with firearms and had a lot of training at a young age, but that's kind of what I'm saying. Well, and I think all three of us uh, own guns, have been around guns, grew up with guns, yeah. went hunting, did all that kind of stuff. I mean, we, yeah, uh, you, you lived in Wisconsin and did all of that kind of yep. stuff. Taylor and I here in Utah, fairly rural kind of stuff. Yeah. It's a, it's a family tradition and heritage. And yeah, I, I, I too own guns and have hunted and done all that kind of stuff. I didn't do 
trap shooting when I was younger. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It was in a league and everything. And we had actual people instructors training us. Like I think it was literally three weeks of instructing before we even touched a firearm. Oh, wow. What kind Which, of, what, what was your favorite gun for trap shooting? Well, I just used my dad's 12 gauge. Yeah. No, I didn't really have a choice. Uh, we weren't rich. We, it was the same. I used the same gun to go trap shooting as I did for deer hunting. You hunted with a shotgun? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, uh, for deer Plugs. hunting? For deer, yeah. Oh. Everyone out here in the West is like, you hunted with a shotgun? I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's how we did it in Wisconsin. <laughs> you know how we do. <laughs> Like we we got to get close. It's cold and we eat a lot of cheese and we hunt things with, with shotguns. Shotgun. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to sidetrack you there. <laughs> no, you're but getting the fact that we are gun owners and we do have that experience. I still want to come at this uh, with, to be as factual and re as reasonable with the subject of gun control in America as possible. I didn't want to make anybody disillusioned that we don't have guns or that we've never been around them. We have, and we have some things we don't like about them. Well, and that's, I think it's a good disclaimer to throw out there. If for no other reason, than a lot of the pushback that I get that I, that I end up seeing whenever I have a discussion with some random person online is you don't even know anything about guns. You just want to restrict them and you don't fucking know anything about it. And it's like, no, I know quite a bit. Not really? Yeah. We just don't, we just don't, you know, masturbate about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't have wet dreams about, you know, the type of guns that I have. I don't have to display them and take pictures with them and sleep with them. Yeah. Like, yeah, they're, 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 they're tools. They're not my lovers. Yeah. But, uh, so we can start this whole conversation with the obvious. We have a gun problem in America. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But the solution will also not be easy or quick. Guns have been part of society ever since the pilgrims landed and had the first mass shooting. The pilgrims had a mass time. shooting. I mean, all the native Americans. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was dark. That joke didn't land. It was, that was a dark. Joke. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but even when you look at like all the old artwork, uh, portraying the pilgrim pilgrims and early settlers mm -hmm. it's nearly impossible to find one without guns in the image mm -hmm. and i'm even talking the ones where it showed them in church oh really? there'd be a gun somewhere in that image whether it was one or everyone's holding a gun there is guns look it up yourself look up old artwork of pilgrims and settlers and there's guns in almost every fucking image mm -hmm. <laughs> but in old west films Guns were glamorized as a key part of American culture, even though reality shows that most of these old West towns did not allow guns. Oh, uh -huh. yeah. Well, and we, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording that yeah. in a lot of old Westerns, you know, the, the sheriff of the town would demand that anybody who rode into town had to give up their guns while they were in town because it was a way to keep the violence down because people mm -hmm. were stupid. So yeah, if you're, if you're going to be staying in our town for any, any amount of time, you need to hand over your guns. You can have them when you leave. Yeah. But when anybody thinks of any imagery of the old West, it's always the guy with the six shooter on his hip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like if you're going to do a, if you're going to be a cowboy, you have a gun. Mm -hmm. and, you, and even when you go to a toy store, 
you will find aisles of toy guns. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Nerf guns or, or I don't really find squirt guns, but even airsoft, we advertise guns to kids the same way they used to advertise tobacco, I guess, which they said that's not healthy. <laughs> it's perfectly healthy to advertise firearms to young children. Well, and I, and the, it seems like the, the culture around toys and, and guns for kids has changed quite a bit from, from when I was a kid. Like what oh, yeah, it has. Yeah. Like when I was younger, there were all kinds of guns that would fire projectiles at people <laughs> or, or they could fire them at people, which is what would happen because you give a toy that do. <laughs> a toy that shoots something to a kid. He's going to do it at a person or a thing. Right. Yeah. The, and, and I mean, they were pretty realistic looking, there were cap guns and BB guns and yep. pellet guns and all kinds of all kinds of guns that either made a bang or a pop or had a projectile. And these days, if it is something that fires a projectile, uh, it's usually a brightly colored something made of plastic yeah. that shoots a foam something or other that isn't going to injure anybody or put out any eyes necessarily. I mean, that one doesn't, but the aspirations to have the bigger version of it does. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But uh, for the most part about this show, I wanted to kind of go over how there has always been a call for gun control in America. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start with the Old West. Okay. So pioneer publications show Old West leaders repeatedly arguing in favor of gun control. City leaders in old cattle towns knew from experience what some Americans today don't want to believe. A town which allows easy access to guns invites trouble. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like, I, like I mentioned earlier, a gun is a tool. And when it's yeah. the only tool you have in your pocket, it becomes the solution to all kinds of problems. Somebody's, yeah. somebody's mean to you, well, you got a gun. Somebody cut you off in line well you got a gun i mean it's it just it turns into the the hammer in search of a nail solution yeah and i'm not saying the old west times a gun wasn't needed but definitely in towns and and developed areas they definitely weren't Mm -hmm. so uh what these cow town leaders saw immediately in their day-to-day associations with guns is that more guns in more places cause not greater safety, but greater death in an already dangerous wilderness. Mm-hmm. By the 1880s, many in the West were fed up with gun violence. Gun control, they contended, was absolutely essential. And the remedy advocated usually was no less than a total ban on pistol packing. And the you've editors, got... So you, and you've got that oh, in, in quotes. What is, what is pistol packing? Is that so, just... That's what they called it then. Pistol packing is their term, like to carry a firearm. Pistol packing, like Pete. packing a pistol. Pistol packing. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, just their way of saying you shouldn't be allowed to carry a gun. Okay. Now I'm not a hundred percent sure if at that time that included like rifles and shotguns, because as we'll read more through this, it seemed like they were more for the banning of pistols, one hundred percent. And they didn't really say much about rifles and shotguns. Okay. So, but when you're like, you know, you're pistol packing, are you packing? No. All right. You yeah. got a gun? Yeah. Packing but some heat. The way the, yeah. 
all the old writings said pistol packing. Hmm. So I can, that's why it's in quotes. Okay. But the editors of the Black Hill Daily Times of the Dakota Territory in 1884 called the idea of carrying firearms into the city, quote, a dangerous practice. Not only to others, to the packer himself. He emphasized his point with this headline, perforated by his own pistol. <laughs> perforated by his own pistol. Yes. Hmm. They were a lot better with words then. <laughs> I mean, it goes to say what like we know even nowadays. If you own a firearm, you're more likely to be killed by a firearm than if you don't own a firearm. Oh, yeah. Your, tran- your chances of being harmed by a firearm increase exponentially. Yes. So the editor of the Montana's Yellowstone Journal acknowledged four years earlier that America's, Americans have the right to bear arms. But he contended that guns must or guns have to be regulated. As for cowboys carrying pistols, a dispatch from Laramie Northern Northwest Stock Journal in 1984 reported, we see many cowboys fitting up for the spring and summer work. They all seem to think it's absolutely necessary to have a revolver. Of all foolish notions, this is the most absurd. Oh, wow. In 1884. Them saying the, the need to carry a firearm is fucking absurd. <laughs> you're, you're a cowboy. You work with cows. You herd and rustle cattle. Cows. What are you, what do you need a gun for? Gun. Yeah. Or especially a pistol. Why do you need a pistol? Because that's where we can harken back to the idea of all the fucking cowboys with a fucking pistol on their hip. Yeah. Doing their quick draw. Yep. Now we have cowboy president Theodore Roosevelt. He recalled with approval that as a Dakota Territory ranch owner, his town, at the least, allowed no shooting in the streets. <laughs> All the good old days. At least they can shoot in the buildings. <laughs> no. The editor of that town's newspaper, the Bad Lads Cowboy of Medora. That's too long of a name for a fucking paper. That's the newspaper, the Badlands Cowboy of Medora? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, they uh, they demanded that gun control be even tighter than that. Like leader in Mile City and many other cow towns, he wanted to see guns banned entirely within city limits. A.T. Packard, in August of 1885, called packing a gun a senseless custom and noted about a month later that as protection, it's terribly useless. <laughs> <laughs> probably uh, because everybody else has guns also. I don't know, but uh, these people were smarter than our politicians nowadays. Yeah. Or at least less afraid of the monstrous base they've created. Yes. But old West cattlemen themselves saw the need for gun control. By 1882, a Texas cattle raising association had banned six shooters from the Cowboys belts. I'm almost in almost every section of the West. Murders are on the increase and cowmen are too often the principal in the encounter. Concurred a dispatch from the Texas Livestock Journal dated June 5th, 1884. 
The six-shooter, loaded with deadly cartridges, is a dangerous companion for any man, especially if he should unfortunately be primed with whiskey. <laughs> Cattlemen should unite in aiding the enforcement of the law against carrying deadly weapons. It's just, it seems like that would make sense. Like, if you're, if you're carrying a gun and are drunk and stupid, you're going to do something that a drunk and stupid person would do with the gun you're carrying. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. But I also think that if you mention any of this in modern society, they would all call it fake news. Fake news. Yeah. After all, this is not how we see things in a Clint Eastwood film. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the bigger hurdles we need to get over. The culture of guns in America is a fixture in our films and media that we consume on a fictionalized version of our past. I even have old footage of myself dressed up at Halloween, going to my grandparents' house as a cowboy with a six-shooter in my hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've got... Because... I've, I've had more than one Halloween costume as a kid. Yeah, dressed up in... With, with a gun. Chaps and, and a hat yeah. and a gun, yeah. Yeah, because that's what we imagine. Mm-hmm. And even, like, the, the gun shows, they use Old West slogans and imagery to get people in the door. While society in the 1800s was pushing for stricter gun control than we are getting now. Mm -hmm. But we also have to talk about uh, the more racist side of gun control. Because would you imagine in the 1800s them being racist about gun control? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. This, this yeah. gets into one of the quotes that, that Taylor uses, and I'm going to have to paraphrase here. Uh, but it's basically that there are laws created to restrict the out group uh, and that, that are used to protect the in group and restrict the out group. And then and other laws that are made to bind the out group and protect the in group, like the vice versa. Yeah. There there's, there's yeah. always been, Oh, we don't want those people to have the same rights as we do. Yeah. So even after the 13th amendment that freed the slaves, they were not allowed to own guns. In 1887, the Virginia University Law Review called for a prohibitive tax to prevent... Uh, one second. My leg just cramped up. That fucking hurts. <laughs> what, are, what are you... Oh. What are you doing that your leg would cramp up in the middle of a sentence you're speaking? I'm sitting. <laughs> oh, welcome to middle age, my friend. We just talked about getting old. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm going to sit at my oh. desk and then all of a sudden squeal in pain because I've got a fucking leg cramp from nowhere. Oh, <laughs> I started to feel like, as soon as I started reading that sentence, I started feeling it like, I'm like, oh, my leg feels like it's cramping up. And I went to stretch it out and it just fucking kicked right in. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know why that did that. That sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So you, you okay? You okay here? <laughs> you you're gonna be all right? Oh, yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> it's is it's not it's not doing its thing anymore. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna start off with the uh, in 1887, or should I just? Does this going to stay in the show? Like, oh this? yeah, I'll just probably oh, okay. leave this in there. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, it makes it easier for editing. Yes, I got a cramp. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, 
1887, the Virginia Law Review called for a prohibitive tax to prevent African Americans from owning firearms, saying, and this is what they're saying, the son of Ham, whose cowardly practice of toting guns has been one of the most fruitful sources of crime. Let a Negro board a railroad train with a quart of mean whiskey in a pistol in his grip, and the chances are that there will be a murder or at least a row before he alights. Uh, let me, uh, I want to do that with a with an old-timey. The son of Ham, whose cowardly practice of toting guns has been one of the most fruitful sources of crime, let a Negro board a railroad train with a quart of mean whiskey and a pistol in his grip, and the chances are that there will be a murder or at least a row before he alights. I mean, that sounds better. <laughs> that was just no, such a I, great sentence for that. I was like, oh, that's, yeah, uh, that's, that's perfect. Old timey language. I was language. trying to figure out what they mean by before he alights. Before he leaves. I was wondering if that was, oh, was that leave or was yeah. lighting up his first cigarette? I'm like, is he honestly going to, they're saying he's going to get on the train, kill a bunch of people before he even lights a cigarette? <laughs> that's satisfactory post-coital cigarette. No, yeah, it's, it's yeah. before he, by, by a light, they mean leave. Yeah. Okay. So I, I learned something new here. <laughs> Just what the term came from, because you've have you ever heard of the a Saturday night special? Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a I've that's a cheap gun, right? A cheap gun. Well, that's not what it was before. Oh. So in 1882, Arkansas is the third state to pass a Saturday Saturday night special economic handgun ban. Arkansas followed Tennessee's lead by enacting a virtual identical Saturday night special law banning the sales of any pistol other than expensive army or Navy model revolvers, which most whites had or they could afford, thereby disarming black men. Yeah, it's one of those laws that's meant to protect the in-group and restrict the out-group and vice versa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In 1893... Alabama's first all-gun economic ban, Alabama placed extremely heavy business and or transactional taxes on the sales of handguns in an attempt, I had a burp, <laughs> to, put, to put handguns out of the reach of blacks and poor whites. Oh, those poor whites. Yeah. In 1902, South Carolina's first total civilian handgun ban that banned all pistol sales except to sheriffs, their special deputies, which included the KKK and the company Strongman. Mm. That's not a good mix at that time. No. 1906, Mississippi race-based confiscation through records keeping. Mississippi enacted the first registration law for retailers in 1906, requiring them to maintain records of all pistol and pistol ammunition sales uh, to make such records available for inspection on demand. Oh, and yeah, try getting that shit passed in. Oh yeah, in today's nope. law, like you want to keep a database of who owns guns? <laughs> Fuck that! I ain't gonna do it. Well, that wasn't just a database on guns; it was also on the ammunition sales. Mm. So you know how much ammo people were packing? A lot. Yeah. In 1911, New York police chose who owned guns lawfully. The Sullivan Law enacted requires police permission via a permit issued at their discretion to own a handgun. 
And, of course, unpopular minorities were and are routinely denied permits. Mm. Sullivan Law is still in place. Oh, really? Wow. Um, among the like high society people in New York can get a handgun. Good luck if you're not one of them. All right, so for 110 years, a little over 110 years, that's been in place, and it, and it still the serves to restrict handguns from, from the purchase and use of minorities. Yes. Wow. 1941. Florida judge admits gun law passed to disarm black laborers. In concurring opinions, narrowly uh, construing a Florida gun law passed in 1893, Justice Buford stated that the 1893 law was passed when there was great influx of Negro laborers in the state or in this state. The same condition existed when the act was amended in 1901 and the act was passed for the purpose of disarming Negro laborers. The status was never intended to be applied to the white population and in practice never has been so applied. Wow. So right off the bat, we can prove that America has had strict gun laws in the past. Mm -hmm. They just depended on what part of society you belong to. Mm hmm. If America was pro-gun control in the past, what has changed today? And in my opinion, the biggest culprit is the NRA. Hi, this is Andrew Seidel of the Freedom From Religion Foundation and author of The Founding Myth. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. Oh, shoot, guys, I'm sorry. I should have done this earlier. I would like to say a quick little grace and welcome our new guests to the table here. Dear Lord... I just want to thank you for providing this bounty for us and continue to watch over us and our new friends. Rook, you don't have to do that now. We can... We're okay. You sure? They understand. Wait, so... Might not be for everybody. You know. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry to offend. If I offend no, you no, you're, you're religious. That's, that's mm-hmm. so um, cool. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool, actually. How do you rationalize, you know, scientific concepts such as, you know, string theory, Big Bang you know, evolution with something like Christianity. Actually, there's this book by Dr. Peter Tinkleton. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Uh, He's posing this incredible theory that when the Lord talks about days, they're actually referring to decades. Who cares? No one gives a shit about any of that stuff. I like to propose a toast. Yeah. Cheers to our new neighbors. Cheers. Cheers to you. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Welcome back, everybody. Before the break, Ryan told us that the NRA is probably... that it's, it's that he can point his finger at the NRA as probably the biggest culprit in how... America's gun laws got so far out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I want to do justice to everything. So I'm, we're going to go through a, a short, not short history of the NRA. Okay. And uh, we, we might not get to the bad part of it in this episode. So you'll have to return next week. Okay. But the NRA did not start off as a group we know today. Uh, they got their start in 1871 after the civil war with union army veterans uh, Colonel William C. Church and General George Wingate. They were worried about the poor marksmanship among their troops. 
So they founded the National Rifle Association to teach rifle skills. Then fellow Civil War veteran, General Ambrose Burnside, who was also a former governor of Rhode Island and U.S. Senator, became the organization's first president. And they were chartered in New York all the way up until last year. I didn't know that they were originally started to teach rifle skills. I knew that initially they started out as like gun safety and shit, but I didn't know it was specifically to teach rifle skills. That's that's kind of interesting. Specifically that they noticed that during the Civil War, people couldn't shoot for shit. And they're like, well, we need to change this. We're all a bunch of fucking stormtroopers, man. (laughs) We got to hit a target. (laughs) So the National Revolver Association, which is part of the NRA, Mm. first proposed requiring a permit to carry a concealed weapon in the 1920s. Oh, they proposed it. They proposed it. Wow. In other aspects of the NRA's legislation was adding a five-year prison time to uh, if a gun was used in a crime. So like on top of, so you're saying like on top of whatever crime you committed and whatever sentence you got, if you used a gun in that, we're going to add five years. Five years. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. They also wanted to prohibit the sale of gun to non-citizens, which is still a thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted to impose a one day waiting period before a purchaser could take possession of a gun and an open records of gun sales to police. Nine states quickly adopted this legislation. This was over a hundred years ago. More than a hundred years ago, the NRA was all about gun safety regulations. They were drafting this. Wow. They're creating this. Not, not. Yes progressive politicians or liberal lefties. This was the NRA creating drafted legislation to help with gun safety. Yes. Wow. The NRA also helped president Franklin Roosevelt draft the national firearms act, a response to the prohibition era of violence of machine guns, sawed off shotguns and other weapons were taxed or required to have a registration. I have never believed in the general practice of carrying weapons. NRA President Carl T. Frederick told Congress, I do not believe in the general premises of toting guns. I think it should be sharply restricted and only under license. But he refused to go along, along with restricting pistol sales. So he's all about saying that he thought that the just the general practice of carrying weapons around was stupid. Yes. And but, it should be sharply restricted and only under license. So you should only be able to have those guns if they're sharply restricted and you and you need a license to carry it. Yes. But he didn't want to restrict the sale of pistols. Okay. Yes. So sounds like we're starting to see a little bit of a, a change in, in how they wanted to Regulator restrict firearms. Asking for restrictions, and basically they had banned uh, machine guns, sawed-off shotguns, and like explosive weapons. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you have to have what's called a class three stamp to own one of those weapons, and they can't be made before nineteen eighty-six. I think is what it is. Hmm. And you have to go through like an FBI federal database to get one of those, and they're fucking expensive. Oh yeah. So. The NRA again supported the Federal Arms Act in 1938, 
The legislation was written into law and required manufacturers, importers, and gun dealers to get a federal license, prohibit felons from buying guns, and demanded gun sellers keep records. Hmm. I mean, that would be way too progressive today. (laughs) The NRA came out in strong support of California's Mumford Act, which banned the open carry of firearms. The law, uh, this is bad, was passed after the Black Panthers began patrolling to guard against police brutality. Of course. And two dozen Black Panthers carrying weapons entered the state capitol in May of that year as lawmakers considered the legislation before being disarmed by state police. So we have yet to get rid of the racist shit. Oh, well, it's only been 100 years, Ryan. I mean, you know, know. you got to give that stuff some time. All all the libertarians would say that, you know, we just need a a free market solution to racism. uh, Free market to rate? That sounds horrible. (laughs) But when most people look at California, look at their strict gun control laws, it came from this, from the Mumford Act, because they didn't want to let the Black Panthers have guns. Or the Mulford Act, yeah. In 1986, Congress imposed new restrictions on gun sales with the Gun Control Act following the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. His his brother, what was that? You said 1986, but it was 1968. 1968. I am dyslexic sometimes. Uh Uh-huh, that's fine. It's following the assassination of John F. Kennedy, his brother Robert Kennedy, and the civil rights activist Martin Luther King Jr. New law limited mail-order gun purchases, required all weapons to carry a serial number, and restricted felons, those who had abused drugs, and those who were mentally ill from buying weapons. Provisions it did not include, a national gun registry or licensing for all guns, the NRA had opposed them raising President Lyndon B. Johnson's ire, who called it a powerful lobby, a gun lobby. And so here, here they really We're, start to turn a little bit more toward... A little bit. We're starting. This is kind of like the shift is coming. The mm-hmm. shift is definitely coming. And in 1971, agents from the uh, Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, or the ATF, killed a member of the NRA who was hiding a cache of illegal weapons. In response, the NRA created a lobbying arm called the Institute for Legislative Action. A Texas lawyer named uh, Harlan Carter, who had led the Border Patrol in the 1950s, was chosen to head it. This is the point in history where the NRA really became a lobbying group. Okay, yeah, because it, like... I mean, because in 1968, Kennedy is assassinated. His brother is assassinated. Well, and I, I figured I'd better make a correction there when you said when you said 86 instead of 68, because, yeah. you know, then the QAnon folks are going to be like, see, see, see there, he's, he's still alive. He's been, he's been influencing <laughs> things this long. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, so yes, they're, they're making that change right now, but it didn't get bad until there's basically an overthrow. So a hardliner named Harlan Carter ran up against the old members of the NRA who tried to curtail his power by cutting his staff. The old members that were all for gun control. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
He organized a takeover at the NRA's annual convention in 1977 and became the group's executive vice president. Mm. And hardliner Neil Cox, cock, knock, cock, knock, He'll not. Uh, took over the Institute of Legislative Action. Suddenly, the NRA group was all types of gun control. Neil Knox. That's opposed uh, to all yeah. types of gun control. Neil Knox. That's yeah, a Knox. fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Took over the Institute so, for legi- for legislative action. Yeah. They're, they're lobbying arm. Uh-huh. Oh, and okay. They opposed. And basically they were totally against gun control at this point. Any kind of gun control. Nope. Done. He's actually quoted as saying, you don't stop crime by attacking guns. You stop crime by stopping criminals. <sighs> Great one liner. Yeah, this is, this is, it sounds very similar to the, the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. The guy with the gun, which is bullshit. And, you know, you could have, oh, I don't know, more than a dozen good guys with guns standing outside a, uh, let's say, uh, classroom oh, full of oh, classroom. children yeah, where somebody Un- is actively shooting those children in that classroom and all of those good guys with guns will stand there with their thumbs in their asses going, I don't want to go in there. That's dangerous. He's already yeah. shot us. I got a scratch on my arm. Did you see this big scratch on my arm? Oh, and if you are a cop and you're, let's say, what did we call it? Wife. Your wife is a teacher and she's in the classroom mm-hmm. and you want to go in there and save your wife and mm-hmm. the children. Mm-hmm. Um, they will take your gun. Yeah. The, the, the other good guys there will stop you from going in from yeah. going in and, and doing what the good guy's supposed to do. But that, the NRA, yeah. this is, we're, we're almost through this episode. Okay. The NRA made his first endorsement for president in 1980. They want to back a winner. I wouldn't call him a winner. He won the election, but he's not a winner. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Oh, Ronnie. Uh, what a, what a guy. As, what a character. As, and as governor of California, Reagan is the one who signed the Mulford Act into law. And he was a lifelong member of the NRA. But he did support gun control measures, particularly after the attempt on his life that wounded his press secretary, Jim Brady. Which is a name that is probably familiar to a lot of our listeners, particularly the last name in connection with the Brady Bill. Ooh, I was trying to leave it as a cliffhanger for next week. (laughs) You're all going to be like, who's Jim Brady? I've never heard of this guy. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, next week we're going to, I'm going to, we're going to finish up the NRA section where they get fucking bad. Mm. We're going to go through how bad they got, Mm -hmm. how much money they're giving to political donations, even though they're not allowed to donate themselves. Mm. And, uh, do you, do you want to talk about what other countries have done? Sure. The solution other countries have come up with to well, stop fucking gun violence? It only makes sense, I mean, logically speaking, to be able to look around and go, what the fuck are other countries doing to help? Yeah. Why, why is there not this amount of gun violence in other countries? How can we Let's, emulate what they are doing and, and try to come up with a solution for the gun violence that is going on here in America? Yeah. Yeah. And we also need to dismiss some untrue things mm-hmm. about countries like let's say Australia because you can own a gun in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though people say they can't. Yeah, well, those they're stupid. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of really terrible arguments offered by people on the right 
just because they're on the, like they're, they're horribly uninformed and misinformed and then go around shooting off their mouth. Like it was a pistol <laughs> that they've got strapped oh. to their side and, and is completely unregulated. They have a license for it. Probably not. No. Oh, fuck that really gets my giblets <laughs> but that, I don't know what that means but that does draw to a close this episode before we go I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon patrons because they keep the show going and we appreciate we appreciate that's a uh, that's going to be something that is uh, up and coming political scandal where yeah, somebody is just so appreciative of the things that are yep. going on that they do something bad. I, I'm tired. Yeah, Biden of said, thank you too many times. This is going to be appreciate. <laughs> he said folks too many times. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, here's the deal. <laughs> folks. Uh, but I do want to thank two skeptical chaps. A noble spirit and biggins, the smallest man, a perfectly cromulent statement. Alan Firth. All hail peanut buttra. Doug Willoughby. Hunter Grin. Is it just me or are these patrons up dogs? Yeah. John McCullough. Ollie Olson. Sinead Duffy. Steve Kuno. Stephen Andrews. Theodore Sellen. Tiffany Hudson. Vanessa. Clank Trucking. That one, I don't know why I couldn't say Clank. <laughs> Jeez. Cool. That was hard to squeeze out there. I apologize, Clank Trucking. Corey Ebert. Don't be a Richard. Freethinker215. Good news, everyone. Jeremy Goodson. Jonathan. Mackenz Peterson. Marvin Dracone. Megan Mitchell. Not a fucking gymnast. The next Patreon is an updog. Utah Outcasts. Wesley Aaron. Zeus 9SO. Janet Uter. Purple Dragon. Sarah Segovia. Vita Kuna. Socialized healthcare saved my life. Tim Gibson. James. Rick and Morty want you to please support the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Wubba-lubba-dub-dub. <laughs> Yay. Thank you all very, very much for your patronage. We appreciate it a ton. If you, dear listener, would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so very easily by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution, where you can contribute as little as $1 per episode. And then you get extended episodes, early releases of, of every episode, bonus episodes every now and then, clips from the cutting room floor, a song at the end of the episode, and the knowledge that you're helping to keep this going. Uh, so thank you very, very much. We are going to be exploring some other options for our audio because I know that we have had some difficulties here recently with internet connections and stuff like that. So uh, we're we are looking at other options that will make the sound clearer and better for everybody. I'm hoping yes. to have that in place by the time we record next week, but who knows? I mean, the world could fucking end between now and then. It's just, it's not terrific right now. Fuck, I hope the rapture comes. Get these assholes out of here. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate it. And well, thank uh, you. we'll chat with you next week. I'm, I have other, sh I got, stuff to do i'm gonna go do that stuff damn it okay i'm probably gonna go polish my wood a little more you're still here it's over go home
go.